0: This is The 101, a podcast where we journey up and down Highway 101 along California's central and south coasts, sharing discoveries, stories, and conversations, from Ventura to Santa Barbara to San Luis Obispo and beyond. I'm your host, Michelle Loxton. It's our second season, a season of stories of struggle, perseverance, grit, and triumph. Among the archives at the Museum of Ventura County is the oral history of the first African-American born in the city of Ventura. The year is 1898, and this was the first documented birth, at least. The life of Sarisa House Wesley is remarkable, not just because of her birth, but because despite her being a qualified nurse, she was never allowed to use her skills in a hospital setting because of the color of her skin. She's
1: a window into the experience of a Black woman who wanted to be a nurse during the Spanish flu pandemic, during a time that the American Red Cross would not hire
0: Black nurses. That didn't stop Syriza, as she managed to work as a nurse's aide, caring for patients outside the hospital in their homes. In this episode of The 101, we travel back in time, 100 years, to tell Cerise's story through her own voice.
2: And we have to be two, there's two black families here at that time.
0: And through her family still around today.
3: She was one of my favorite aunts that always took time with me to uh, further my education.
0: It is an important story of a part of history that we really hear about.
3: Stories
4: of the of heroes who do not get recognized need to be told, because these are important people keeping communities together.
0: This is the story of a black nurse no hospital would hire.
3: Support for The 101 comes from KCLU listeners and Cottage Health. For nearly 130 years, Cottage Health has been providing advanced medical care for patients throughout California. Nationally recognized for quality care and patient satisfaction, the team at Cottage Health puts patients first with excellence, integrity, and compassion. Services include the Cottage Heart and Vascular Center, Cottage Center for Orthopedics, Cottage Children's Medical Center, and Santa Barbara Neuroscience Institute. More at cottagehealth.org.
0: This is The 101, I'm Michelle Luxton. The reading room of the Museum of Ventura County's Research Library and Archives is on the second floor. The room has a couple of large tables with wooden chairs neatly placed around them for people poring over old records and archives. There are many shelves and drawers filled with books, photographs, and records. This is also where you'll find the museum's self-styled Wayfinder. So I don't know all
1: of the answers. But I know the systems and the best ways to find the answers for people.
0: Dea Terra Franca is the museum's research library and archives director. A couple of years ago, the museum went in search of the stories from their records of groups of people who have gone unrecognized in local histories. It's really important to us to find and tell diverse
1: stories for communities, for towns, but also for groups of people in Ventura County. And that is um, how Andy started to look into the history of African Americans in Ventura County.
0: Andy Ludlam is a library volunteer. He found Cerise's story through a variety of records and wrote about it in a blog post for the museum. It's where I originally found the story. Terra Franca, the wayfinder, showed me the ways to find artifacts of Cerissa's life. First, we head over to a large drawer that is filled with hundreds of cards.
1: And I'm going to flip through these cards and look for census, so that we can pull out the census records of Cerissa's birth.
0: With those details in hand, we go in search of microfilm. have to snake the
1: film underneath a glass plate and feed it into another reel
0: and then hand wind it for a second. And this is how the museum found out about the historic nature of Ceresa's birth. They are also incredibly fortunate to have recorded in 1980 an oral history with Ceresa The museum has 450 oral histories recorded in the 70s, 80s and 90s. For Terra Franca, this is an opportunity to go beyond what was captured in print records. The stories that get told
1: in history are the stories that get captured in newspapers or they get captured in some other form. They're in the census but people's lived experiences don't get captured and stories are lost unless we take the time to ask people about their experiences.
0: Tara Franca reminds us that history is written by the victors. Without these recordings, the lived experiences of people like Ceriso would be lost. The lack of reflection in The official record, the
1: lack of reflection of her life in other records that are in archives um, really shows how important her oral history is. That is really the key to us being able to tell her story. And it's really her telling her
0: story. Cerisa House-Wesley's oral history, recorded on a grainy cassette tape, is filled with incredible details of her life growing up in Ventura, a life very different from today.
2: It's uh, interesting to know that I was the first black child born here in Ventura. And that was it, like I say, in 1898. And I've seen Ventura grow up beautifully.
0: Cerisa shares stories of a time without modern plumbing, and how she was fearful of the snakes that could be found lurking near the outdoor toilets. She remembers cattle being brought by foot by cowboys to the slaughterhouse down the road.
2: And they used to drive the cattle. We used to be driven through the streets here. And uh, uh, we used to be afraid of the cattle because, you know, how and the cowboys walking along, you know, trying to get these cattle to do what they're supposed to do. And that's where the slaughterhouse is down there.
0: Sarisa recounted when the circus would come to town and great big tents would go up at the local fairground. She even recalled how there was a time when the streetlights were lit by a lamplighter. She shared how things changed over the years, like, for example, when the first automobile started to appear in town and when she saw the Wright brothers' aeroplane on display. The interviewer, a white woman, asked Sarisa if she remembered much prejudice from those times. Sarisa, who was 82 at the time of the interview, seemed to brush the question aside.
2: No, I didn't know, but I didn't know that it was. It it was in existence, I know that.
0: But clearly, it impacted her abilities to fulfill her aspirations.
2: I was a small child, loved nursing. And then when, when, at that time, black people were training to be
0: nurses at that time. She had to travel across the country to West Virginia to get her nursing qualifications and then return back to Ventura with these valuable skills. But she was never able to practice in a hospital setting as a nurse.
2: But anyway, at that time, you see, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have black nurses like they do now.
0: And just like a time we're all too familiar with, it was an era that nurses were really needed it was the aftermath of another pandemic, the Spanish flu of 1918. She came back in 1923 when so many people were still suffering.
2: Yes, people, it was just dying like growth, but I said that was before your time.
0: Before your time, Cerisa said to the museum docent, recording her oral history. But Cerisa's expertise didn't go to waste. She took her skills, where they were needed, into her own community, and she cared for her own family.
3: She did start ministering as the doctor, quote, quote, nurse of the family. And from that, we stayed pretty healthy.
0: That's Leroy Gibson, Cerise's nephew. Everybody calls him Buddy. He confirms her credentials.
3: She did say she she had certificates and also graduating diplomas that show that she was a full-blown nurse and how she came back to Ventura, to actually minister her nursing skills that she learned, but she never could get a job in any of the hospitals. They would not hire her because she was African-American.
0: I met Buddy at his home in Oxnard, where decorations were still up from his recent 84th birthday celebration. Buddy has kept meticulous records of his family's history, including first-person accounts, photographs, and newspaper articles. He says Ceresa's services were badly needed at the time.
3: We had a lot of uh, death in our families. You know, um, being back in the day, you didn't have the medical treatments that you have today that gives you a little more, a few more years. So she had to endure losing family members and raising a family at the same time.
0: Buddy is immensely proud of his aunt.
3: I've been here all my life in Ventura County for the 84 years of my life, and I have not known, during that period of time, any other person that had achieved what she had achieved as far as being a professional. She was a great, just a great person.
0: He recalls she ended up working with a coalition of relatives who served what he called the prominent white families of the time as nannies, cooks, and seamstresses.
3: She had to work with what she had, and not really who Sarissa totally was as a pioneer woman.
0: Despite the tough times, Buddy also remembers Sarisa throwing elegant parties for relatives and friends.
3: And they would have their own parties and have the teacups and and the china and all this, the long dresses with the big ruffles. And they would do this uh, sometime in homes, a lot of time at parks.
0: Leroy Buddy Gibson has written a book about his life growing up African American in Ventura County. He said he did it for his grandchildren. It is filled with stories about Buddy, Sarisa and the rest of the family and their history in the area. There are happy stories and those of racism like that which Sarisa experienced in the city of Ventura.
3: We went through a lot of things, you know, the racism still exists over there, uh, here in Oxnard, everywhere you go, we still have to confront that. But it's not as bad because as you get older, you learn more about how to be on the defense or offense, you know, and make it the best of it.
0: So why is it important to tell stories like Cerise's?
4: Stories of the heroes who do not get recognized need to be told, because these are important people keeping communities together.
0: That's Gregory Freeland, a professor of political science and global studies at California Lutheran University in Ventura County. His office is filled with photos and books related to his teaching and places he's visited with students. Freeland is all for the telling of these types of stories because they show the resilience and strength of people who did not give up despite their circumstances, he says.
4: We hear all the stories about, uniforms, you know, Florence Nightingales and so on, but these are, are, are individuals who really, really, really struggle in spite of all odds.
0: Freeland has investigated his own family's history.
4: I neglected it, the whole history for so long. Almost not denying it, just didn't think it was so important. But now I think it is.
0: He came across an interview with his great-great-grandmother who passed away before he was born and realized how little attention he had paid to her story or his family's history when he was younger.
4: And you love your grandparents and that's about it. You know, you go see them, you give them the presents, you know, and you hug them and so on. But you never want to sit down and listen to their stories. Some of them will more than likely tell you what they remember. But once they pass away, you know, they're gone. And I don't have a story to repeat to my kids, you know, because I missed that opportunity.
0: Freeland is trying to make up for that by doing research on his family and has even contributed to an article in The Atlantic entitled Stories of Slavery from Those Who Survived It. In the article, he told the author, Clint Smith, he's, quote, trying to keep this history alive because it's getting further and further away, end quote. Through the Federal Writers Project, which his great-great-grandmother took part in, he's learned more about her life, like she didn't know her exact age. Stories like Gregory Freeland's and Teresa House Wesley's need to be retold and retold, says Freeland. Or for many, told for the first time.
4: These stories need to be told. And some of them have been neglected in history because many people feel they are, are not important. And so any retelling of these historical kind of stories, I'm all for it.
0: Head over to kclu.org slash podcast, where you'll find links to the article, book, and blog I referenced in this episode. I also have a photograph of Sarisa there. The 101 is produced by KCLU Public Radio. We are NPR for the California coast. This episode was edited by Elisa Barber. Thank you to the Museum of Ventura County for helping me tell the story of Cerise's life and for allowing me access to her oral history. California Lutheran University is the parent of KCLU. I'm Michelle Luxton, the host and creator of The 101. If you have an idea or a story for one of our next episodes, email me at at podcastkclu.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about it today. And don't forget to subscribe. I'd also love it if you'd rate or review our podcast. This is The 101. Thanks for listening.